On today's show, the NBA trade deadline is a week away. Which players could be moved and could change the course of the NBA? We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On NBA your first listen today. But the best way you can help us grow is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, like the video on YouTube, and comment anything below. Let me know one player you want your team to trade for, whichever your favorite team is. Name your team and then name who you want them to trade for. Let us know that. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. And joining me as always on a Thursday, host of Locked On Bulls. What you got for me, Pat, the designer? I just want somebody to figure out that Damian Lillard and Giannis should be the greatest pick and roll of all time. <laughs> Nobody can figure this out. They should screen for each other. They should pass to each other. They should. It's like they should know be which teammates. one should be the inbounder and which one shouldn't be the inbounder. They should be teammates in theory. Uh, if only Glenn Rivers could figure out the same things. <laughs> Dang it, Glenn. Dang it, Glenn. Every time I hear Glenn Rivers, I just can hear Locked On Clippers as Darian Vaziri saying Glenn Rivers. <laughs> After has they he, lost them. Has he done such a bad job? We've not we've taken away Doc. Is that what's happened here? Like he in doesn't clip, deserve the for that Doc. Clippers team, yes. When they lost the three one lead, or was it three oh yeah, the three the three one lead for the Clippers, that was the one Darian went off in his rant that went viral. And yeah. that's that's yeah. the only way I can hear Glenn Rivers. We'll talk about We'll talk about some stuff later on. We'll do Count It Up, where we count the most interesting, fun things in the NBA, including the 65-game rule. Embiid is coming up against it. Tyrese Halliburton's coming up against it. Is it is it a good rule or is it not? And then we'll talk about the draft expanding to two days. That's a number, two. We got actual Count It Up. And then um, Reddit went on a deep dive. Oh, boy. Zion Williamson and Milkshakes. Kind of the same thing. Is there a correlation? Is there a correlation? Do the milkshakes bring Zion to the yard? We'll talk about that a little bit later on Count It Up. How about that that tease? Well done. But let's start here. The trade deadline is a week away. Teams are loading up to try and help their team going forward. Let's talk about the five. Let's talk about five players that could move teams that would change the NBA. And we'll start with this one. Jalen Green of the Houston Rockets. According to The Athletic, League and team sources say it's Ime Udoka's insistence, insistence on making the postseason in tandem with the Rockets' front office that has accelerated the franchise firmly into phase two of its plan. So now they're making Jalen Green potentially available. They're going star hunting. They've they've checked in on Mikael Bridges. What are your thoughts on the Houston Rockets now trying to, t- to take a step forward? Alfred Shingun, your guy, is finally... The, in the forefront, he's their star player, yeah. and they're wanting to trade Jalen Green. Are they skipping steps here? 100%. And I think it's going to be something that bites them in the butt in the long run, right? I, I get it, right? You're trying to you're trying to move things along, but you took this job knowing that there were young players there that needed to develop. Jalen Green, a very good offensive asset. I think that maybe the, the uh, um, part with Jalen Green that gets a little tough is, is it – consistently efficient scoring, but over the last 10, you have seen a lot more of that efficient scoring come in and his last five, especially really going out there and balling out. Like I I feel like it's very tough to say that Jalen green 
uh, isn't a part of a winning culture moving forward, but maybe they view Jalen Green very similar to what Zach Levine has become in this NBA, where a guy who definitely can be a top scorer. Well, not not that. Let's hope not. Um, <laughs> A guy who definitely could be a top scorer in the league, a guy who could put the ball in the basket, a guy who, to me, contributes in a lot of different ways. But does he contribute to consistent winning? It's a surprise to me that he's so quick to move off a player, though, who's 21 years old and can score the way that Jalen Green can. It's a weird situation to be in where like it's it, it is it does feel like skipping steps. But to me you've got to get these guys some playoff success and you've got to get them some playoff experience and at least some of them. You've got to get at least the guys that you know you can ride or die with, right? Like the ones that you can say, all right, we can make it. And Ime Odoka has been part of a lot of teams like that. The The Celtics, he was the head coach, but he was also part of those Spurs teams that went to a bunch of playoffs and, and went, you know, and won, he won a championship with them when he was an assistant coach. So he's seen yeah. some of these and seen the benefit of a Kawhi Leonard type player where if you can take him to... The promise end, like if you can take him through the playoffs and get that experience, it's necessary. To, so to me, I don't think they're skipping steps. I think they know we've got enough film on Jalen Green. We know what he's going to be. We can see the projection, and we're, we're comfortable knowing that he's not all of a sudden going to take this huge leap forward where all of a sudden we're going to be, man, we regret this move. So to me, go for it. Like This may be his highest trade value ever because he's coming up into his, his next deal, right? Yeah. Like he's got this year, next year, and then he's a restricted free agent. You don't want to have to trade him when he's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of at the end of next season, right? So, like this is his trade value may never be higher than right now. And like you throw him in and maybe another team gets interested, you've got some trade, you got some picks to trade, you got the Brooklyn picks that they're apparently willing to to trade off of and send back to Brooklyn to get Mikhail Bridges. I you've got to get Shingun into the into the playoffs, I think. I, I agree with that. I think the fact that IMA has identified Shingun as his number one means you can move off of a player like Jalen Green. But do you feel like you're going out there to get your like? Are you confident that your number two right now being Fred Van Vliet is the answer? Are you confident that and bringing in forty million dollars confident? Yeah, I mean, listen, that's, that's what the Rockets put out there, right? But like, are you confident that he's going to be the answer that gets you to the promised land? He works really well with Shingun. Like the way the the dynamic between those two has really played out this season. Okay, now. What star are you going to get that's just going to slide right in there and and, and fit perfectly? Like, but is, I, isn't like isn't so the other thing about this team is they're all young. It's not like yeah. you just you remove one young player and you say okay, let's get another another vet to pair with all of our other vets because we're ready to contend right now. They're not. Yeah. They just need to take a step forward. Yeah. And with somebody that they they, they, want, they need to upgrade the Jalen Green spot is really this whole thing. If they want to take any kind of step forward, if they want to make the playoffs even this season. You've got to improve on that Jalen Green spot. And then eventually, you hope that Jabari Smith Jr., I think, is the one that takes that step forward. Because he's shown some flashes of hitting that mid-range shot, really good defense, you know, a lot of stuff, size, like stuff that you just can't teach sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's what you bet on long term with them. Definitely could be. I mean, like, I don't know. Jalen Green's such an interesting player because you see the ups, you see the downs, and you're trying to kind of project where he's going to end up in the middle at. I I feel like it's it's a little bit early to move off of him, though, right now. But, I mean, what listen. Is, what, is he gonna, what is he going to turn into? You mentioned Zach Levine. Like, if he is Zach Levine, like, his ceiling, 
If, if Zach if, Levine is your ceiling, then here's the thing, though. Would you rather have Zach Levine, right? The Zach Levine that he is now, a little bit healthier on a team that already has a clear cut number one, and what I would say is probably your number two in Fred Van Vliet. That guy's on a he's a 21 year old player, right? Like the conversation on Zach Levine isn't that Zach Levine can't play; it's that he's probably not a number one on a team. On this team, Jalen Green's nowhere near the number one option on this team anymore. And I think that that's why you've seen more of the winning. I think they're trying to not take a step. I think they're trying to take a leap into all of a sudden we're at the top of the Western Conference Finals. And I don't know if you have a team that's built for that that process to be at that step already. Well, they're not going to make the finals. I don't think we're even talking about that. I think they just want to make the playoffs in general. And to me, you've got to take at least some kind of step forward and it doesn't look like they're going to make it happen with this team that they have right now that is true i'll, I'll give you that it's what 22 and 25 basically on the season it's you're right around mid right but it's just such a big step from where they were the year before that it feels like it's been so much more so 22 and 25 is under mid <laughs> i mean that's that's the epitome of mid in the nba right now in the in the eastern conference that's a that's a playoff spot the, i believe before we hit record you called the rockets mid or the the bucks mid <laughs> Well, listen, that's uh, that's for a whole what different is, reason. What, the mid for you is like giant. Like, hey, listen, listen. Bucks winning the championship this year? The mid for you is like a sandwich with those like thin slices of, of bread that are like the calorie saver, carb saver. And then the, the there's your top the and there's your bottom, dog. That's all I got for you. There's your top and there's your bottom. Right now when I that's, look at the Milwaukee Bucks – they're not. They're not on the top, and I and they don't look better. Like they just look like now. Doc Rivers is on the sidelines. That's all that changed. <laughs> Who, Glenn? Glenn. Glenn. I still give. You know Doc. what's wild? You know what's wild about the Rockets? They've already matched their win total from last season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you've taken a step in the right they direction. It's just weird to me that it's like, all right. He's not a number one guy, and we need a, a star they, player. It's like, what are you expecting from a star player to bring in? Like, are you looking to go get another 25-point-per-game guy? Another, they try like, to get Mikael Bridges. That one makes a lot of sense to me. I, I don't what know. About I, what about DeJounte Murray? Is that enough of a step forward? I mean, DeJounte Murray is a major step forward, but you, I guess then you move Fred Van Vliet to the two because DeJounte has proven that he's an on-ball player. You can, do, you can do a little combo of both of those two guys. Yeah, how's that working? How's for that, who? How's, how's that working right now in Atlanta? <laughs> like no, doing the tra- doing the tra- combo of like we got one guy with the no Dejounte Murray's an on ball point guard. Yeah, let's but stop trying to make Fred everybody so different. Yeah, but let's stop you trying can play to make Fred off the ball. You can play Fred off ball. Yes, I'm saying you you can't do the combo. Dejounte's your point guard if he shows up there. There's no combo. Fred Van Vliet's now your two. No, I think you could pizza combos both of those guys. That's pizza combos. Oh no. Coming up, let's talk about. Let's talk about Zach Levine. You mentioned him. We thought at one point he was going to get moved to the trade deadline. Why isn't he? Because you're not convinced that he is, and you cover the Bulls. We'll talk about that and more coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You can go, and all you have to do is pick more or less on projections for stats on two to six players. You pick two to six players. You pick their, you you pick the stats that you want. Whether it's you know if you're looking at the Super Bowl, maybe you want to do touchdowns. Maybe you want to do. you can check out like receiving yards, passing yards, all kinds of different stuff like that. You can combine a bunch of different ones and then you can win money on that. So go check it out. Prizepicks.com. If you put down a hundred bucks and use that code locked on NBA, it's all lowercase locked on NBA. You can get your hundred dollars matched. For example, on this, they've got Pat Mahomes. Take me home. Pat Mahomes. 0.5 passing yards. More or less. 
Do you think uh, he throws for one yard? I will take the over on that. There we go. That's a gimme right there. Travis Kelsey, 72 and a half receiving yards. Oh, come on. Give me more on that. Come I'm going to take less on that. Taylor Swift TV appearances over under more or less seven and a half. <laughs> that's not on here. That's not, that's not Debo Samuel, 57 and a half receiving yards. I'll go less on that one. Uh, put down 20 bucks. I can win a hundred on that one. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown NBA, being part of the show, being an everydayer, and listening every day. We have a daily Lockdown show that covers your team. Check the link in the description to find a show that covers your team every day, like Lockdown Bulls with Pat. Oh, yeah. Lockdown Mavs with me. All kinds of stuff. Speaking of the Bulls, we're talking about trade candidates that would change the NBA. I thought Zach Levine was going to be a trade candidate, and I brought it up to you, and you said, no. He's not getting traded. Him or DeMar not getting traded. We thought he was. He was up there. He was in the rumors. Why is Zach Levine not getting traded? Uh, Latest report is that the Bulls are going to be quiet at the deadline. To me, this is a uh, smokescreen. Well, it could be a smokescreen. And I think if there is a candidate, right? Did the video yesterday with Peter Bukowski basically saying that the two guys that I expect to get traded are Zach and DeMar if there are trades made. The problem with all of this is, right, the Bulls are going to lose the deal. No matter what, you're going to lose the deal. Are they willing to lose the deal? And I think that that's the part that is proven to be to this point not true. That the Bulls are just they're they're the calls that they've gotten. They're not willing to move off of Zach Levine for such a low price. Seems like Jerry uh, um, Reinsdorf has stepped in even a little bit on some of these deals and has basically said, "Nope, we're not like losing Zach Levine for nothing." Basically, yeah. pennies on the dollar. And I guess in theory, right, that sounds good. But right, like you've got a, a situation where you've got a shooting guard who is now it, it seems like he doesn't work well with the coach, doesn't believe in the system that they're running here, doesn't believe in the winning ways starting in Chicago. How are you going to put all of that back together? I think that Zach Levine is the candidate that the Bulls should look to trade the most that if they are going to make a trade, like I said yesterday, that Zach Levine would be the person that they trade. But it just seems like they're not willing to take the loss. And that is that's a report that came out literally today or the day after <laughs> recording the other podcast. So. Was there no trade can't like trade partners for Zach Levine? Like, was there no interest? There's there's minimal interest for Zach Levine. I think a lot of teams realized with some of the other players that were on the market that they would rather have those. And the belief today uh, per Casey Johnson that came out is basically that teams aren't convinced that Zach Levine contributes to winning ways. Are you convinced about that? I'm, I mean, I've watched this bulls team with Zach on the floor. I've watched Zach go off. I've watched him score a bunch of points. I think he's a heck of a player in the NBA, but there is something to be said that every time he comes back, the bulls don't win. There's, there's, the and it's not all on Zach Levine. It's not all on. I think that there are a lot of factors that go into that. But you do look for a guy to elevate his team somewhat. And it's very damning that the second that he's off the court, the Chicago Bulls not only start winning in the month of December, have a pretty good month of December. They continue being around five hundred ish in January, right? It's good for them. And 
Zach Levine has pretty much played none of these games. When before that, it was just like, who are we getting our heads kicked in by out here? Like, what's going on? Like, every single day was that. Now, there's still some games where we do that. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's perfect, but you can tell that this Bulls team seems mentally in a better place when he's not on the court. And that is a concern to a player contributing to winning ways. $40 million this year, 43 the year after that, 46 the year after that, $49 million player option the year after that. If they don't trade him now, do they just roll it over until next year and try again? The the hardest part about that is that there's a trade kicker involved in any move that Zach Levine made. So Zach Levine gets 15% on top of whatever he's making that year, basically, that the Bulls have to pay. So now you're telling Jerry Reinsdorf, hey, not only are you trading this guy, but you got to pay him on the way out the door. We saw what Scotty did, right? We saw how it went with Scotty. Like, I think that we're you're going to get to a point where you might have ownership step in and say, listen, kid. Nobody wants you. You want to be gone. And I hate to tell you this, but you've signed a piece of paper that says you're here and we're not losing you for nothing. So you can either be terrible here and we'll just be terrible with you. Or you can go out and try and prove that you are this winning player that you you believe yourself to be. And then teams will want you and we'll move on from you then. The other rock, the other bull, you don't think they'll trade DeMar DeRozan? He's in the last year of his deal. I think DeMar is more than likely to be traded just because, like I said yesterday on the pod, right? Like the, the, the Bulls, the last report on the Bulls is that they're far apart on money and years. As far as I know, there's only two things that go into a contract. <laughs> <laughs> there's money and there's the terms that maybe and the length of the contract. Maybe, yeah, maybe, I mean, they, like, maybe they agree on the incentives. <laughs> right, th- those incentives are money. Yeah, I mean, like as I was saying, so like, they're they're still far apart on money on and the years. location of where the team is. So I think right, you know what I mean. Like, do the Bulls play in Chicago though? <laughs> I I just I I think that probably a parting of ways with Demar Derozan could be something that is done. Which at the end of the day, right? Like I guess the report that the Bulls won't make major moves is trading Demar Derozan away at this point. A major move for this team when you're sitting at twenty three and twenty six right now, and you're basically middling your way through trying to figure out what the heck you're doing that, that to me isn't a major move so maybe we could still see the DeMar DeRozan trade come through another trade candidate that could change the NBA DeJounte Murray we talked about him a little bit you mentioned he's got to be a point guard wherever else he goes yeah. Atlanta quietly has the ninth worst record in the league like they are they're bottom tier bad <laughs> right now and have, have not been very good even though they've won two in a row but yeah, they just have, have not been very good. DeJounte Murray, there was a bunch of noise around the Lakers, and then all of a sudden that's been quiet. Quinn Snyder, his coach, has stepped up and said he wants them to keep DeJounte Murray. How does this end? Sends in DeJounte Murray probably playing for another team because there's too much politics tied up in Trey Young being traded away. That that to me is they're not the, gonna do that. Yeah, they're never gonna trade away Trey Young. He he is right, the heart and soul of Atlanta right now. And that team that that is middling right now. He's the one before DeJounte, by the way, I I do remember this strikingly handsome podcaster saying that uh this would never work in Atlanta and everybody laughing in his face. So eggs on you I guys, didn't right? Say anything like that. Oh, oh, come on now, dog. Come on now, my guy. <laughs> you already know what it is. But no, I just 
I feel like this is this has to end, unfortunately, with DeJounte Murray somewhere else. I don't know where, though, because are you trying to compete at this point? Like you said, ninth worst record in the league. What are you trying to get back for DeJounte? You gave up a, a lot to me for DeJounte do Murray. The, do the Knicks make any sense? They've got picks. No, because again, salaries. again, you can't. I don't think Brunson's an off-ball guy. You've seen Brunson up close off-ball. He's not the same Jalen Brunson as he is with the ball in his hand. Not the same, but he can he can play off ball if they need him to, and they they need to replace Emmanuel quickly. Like they still need to replace, you know, they still need to find a replacement there. But yeah, the problem it, is, is is he gonna want to play for Tibbs? Because we saw how it ended with the Spurs and Popovich, and you're like, uh, I don't know, I don't know about <laughs> trying to do that again. Another one that kind of makes a little sense is Orlando. They've got three first round picks. Orlando would be interesting. That that would be one where I would actually be very intrigued by that. The problem with Orlando is right, like. So many guards, dog. It's just guards got, and But they've forward. got so many mid guards. Like, so right, many guards. Yeah, they're all the same, they're, dude. They're, right? basically, <laughs> they're basically hanging out at Asgard, and they're like, all right, we, we've got all these mid guards. Oh, okay. Dang it. I, right. did not, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't hit that, that was, joke. I didn't hit that, that was, joke. You, you didn't have confidence on it. You didn't have confidence on it. No, I forgot what mid guard is. Like, there's yeah. Asgard, and then there's – is. I can't remember. But anyway, right. the tough. MCU is dying in front of us. My last one for DeJounte is um, the Pelicans. The Pelicans have three first-round picks, and they need a point guard. They they don't really have one at all. If the Pelicans send all three first-round picks, maybe that deal gets done. I don't see the sure, Pelicans maybe. moving. I I like what the Pelicans are just existing in the NBA as well, right? That's what like, I'm saying. Why don't they take a shout step out, forward? Shout out, shout out to the West Coast Bulls because I think the problem with the Pelicans is right. Bulls. You're you're paying so many players down there to just they, like they don't have enough salaries to go back. Be They'd have down to trade. Yeah, I mean, like they'd have to like, trade CJ or Ingram, or, and you're like that doesn't make any sense because then I you think, like. like you almost forgot the sad part about the the saddest part about the Pelicans is they made us forget that CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram are good. <laughs> like every that's, now and then you think about the them and then you just go, them. you every now and then you just think about them. You go, oh yeah, Brandon Ingram is pretty good, isn't he? He's a really good basketball player. <laughs> yeah. Coming up, let's talk about the let's talk about the the sixty five game rule in the NBA in Count It Up, where we count, count up the, the most interesting, fun things in the NBA. Talk about that and more coming up. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has all kinds of props and odds and lines that you can check out. The Super Bowl. It's all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snack, and placing some super bets. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on to get signed up and see what's available for you. They've got all kinds of weird stuff and fun stuff for the Super Bowl. Uh, you can do, like, the the coin toss. You can, you can bet on the coin toss result, head or tails. The coin toss winner, 49ers of the Chiefs. The, uh... If the coin toss winner wins the game, you can bet on that. There's all kinds of stuff. They have scoring props, and make sure to check out the Parlay Hub where they have all kinds of different things. Here's the first one that shows up. This one is plus six, 626. McCaffrey scores a touchdown. Travis Kelsey scores a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes is over 250 yards. Brock Purdy is 250 yards passing. All those hit. You put down 10 bucks, you can win 62 bucks. That's pretty fun. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. See what's available for you on the Super Bowl, not just NFL. They've got... Um, Baseball, they have basketball, they have all kinds of stuff, college, all that kind of stuff. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get signed up. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Pat, we've talked about trade candidates that could change the NBA. And now let's talk about players that are changing the NBA. 
We talk about the most interesting, fun things in the NBA in our segment. Big chicken, baby. Zion Williams and porn star. Take that. Count it up. 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 Joel Embiid is getting real close to missing the mark for the 65 game rule that makes you eligible, ineligible for it. Postseason awards like MVP, All-NBA. He's going to miss Thursday's game against the Jazz. That'll be his 13th game missed. He can only miss 17 games total. That means he can only miss four more games the rest of the season before he misses it. Tyrese Halliburton, his contract is also tied into him making All-NBA. If he doesn't make All-NBA, he makes 25% of the cap going forward on his deal. If he makes All-NBA this season, he makes 30% of the cap which would be mean 41 more million dollars for him overall. He's on the cusp of, of missing it as well. And he has said, it's a stupid rule. My question is, is the 65 game rule more stupid or more sensical for the NBA? I would say the 65 game rule is stupid, but it's stupid because the players made them implement it. Nobody told. Yeah, it's, the, like it's, it's dumb that we had to get here. <laughs> it's dumb that we had to get here. This is why it's stupid. They, right, and I get it. There's some guys that they don't want to miss games. Most guys, I would say, probably don't want to miss games. But you allowed organizations to get to the point where the organizations are going, you're not playing, you're not playing, you're not playing. I, I guess maybe you make something mandatory for the organization, but what what resolve do we want here? What answer do we want here for NBA awards? We were looking at players who were playing 55 games and going, he's having a hot second half of the season. I guess we could, we could talk about him as an MVP candidate. No, like I get it, right? You, you, you're upset because you're going to lose money in all of this. And it's stupid from that aspect. And I would say million dollars. No, no, it, it's stupid. That's like a whole that year aspect. of his salary worth of but money. But the dumbest part of all of this is we got to a point where players basically were just taking days off, where players were yeah. going out there for certain games, where players were missing weeks, right? And this started with Brian. Like, there, there's no started absolvers. With the Spurs. Well, the Spurs did it. But then, right, like, Brian also was, right? Remember, he would just take vacations. He'd just be like, where's Brian for two weeks? What what happened to Brian? Like he's, he's, sitting just, there, he's sitting there on the trade machine trying to figure out how to get, taking, how to get he's rid taking of guys. two weeks off to go down, right? Like you look at the Spurs, you look at Brian, you look at all those moments and you go, oh, yeah, we'll just take a couple of weeks off and we'll be fine. And we'll come back. And we'll be ready to go for the playoffs. You put such a focus on the playoffs that the regular season became unimportant. That is why this rule is in place. So, yes, it is stupid, but it's stupid because of things that players and organizations have done. In school growing up, did you ever have the, you had to do the quiet recess where you just all sit at your desk and like, because, because you were all getting punished where I was, where I was like, all right, everybody's got, everybody's got to abide by this rule now, even though I know it wasn't all of you. The teacher always stands up and goes, I know it wasn't all of you. There's a bunch of you that ruined it for everybody else. And that's what, the, that's what this rule is. And they needed it. It's sensical yeah. to me. It, I think this rule makes sense. It sucks for a couple players, but it was becoming such a big problem that, they needed some kind of incentive for players to play. And like, if you usually play less than 65 games, you don't usually win MVP anyway. Cause you don't, you don't play enough games. Yeah. Like, there I, have I been thought, very I, few that have played less than 65 games in a normal season. Uh, I, I don't remember any, I thought about Stephen Curry. Maybe he was one. I started looking up some of the guys who maybe could have, but Steph played 80, uh, 79, 80 games a year. He won his well, MVP. Like, MB played 66 last year, right? Yeah. There, there's one. But then you look at like Giannis, that 63 but that's still was in past, a short, shortened season. 
Yeah, but I, I think 66, right? Six, 65 and up, I said this when the rule came out. That's fine to me because that does take into account you get banged up during the season, certain things happen. Maybe you're, you've are you been playing a ton of minutes and you need a day off after a back-to-back, right? Like, I think that the number that they set it at is a reasonable number. What are we talking about? Guys playing 60 games, 50 games, and winning MVPs, and you're supposed to be, you know, getting the top money? No, you, you have to be on the court to earn money. You have to be on the court to play Halliburton's situation is very very different I'm not saying that he's wrong in saying this rule is stupid what I am saying is this rule is stupid because of the stupid decisions that people have made in the past basically since the in a, in a regular season in a regular amount of game season since like 19 since like a long time ago yeah like 69 games by Bill Russell and 58 is the lowest amount of <laughs> The lowest amount of games. 69 Bill, games by Bill Russell. That's nice by Bill Russell. Bill Walton played 58 in that in that season with the, the Trailblazers, and he won. That was in 78. That was the shortest one. But everybody's played 70 or more besides those guys I just mentioned in a regular season. So I, I don't think it's ridiculous. It's not uh, ridiculous. Enough. We're going to skip the NBA draft to two days because it's boring. And, I, <laughs> and I, The funniest thing was, like, me and Hayes did this. He was like, who's watching day two? <laughs> the, the reason why they're doing this is to allow for more room for trades between day one and day two. That's the thing. We literally were just like, who's watching day two? Like, what's going on with that? Like, who's sitting down going, ooh, second round. Let's see who we got. Here we go. We're doing second day two. All right. On Reddit, this is a prime Reddit offseason post, but it got it, it, it got bumped up to this season. Reddit scraped box score numbers from ESPN for each away game that Zion Williamson started during his career. Then they calculated the game score, which provides a rough measure of a player's productivity for a single game. The scale is similar to that of points scored, blah, blah, blah. The full formula is outlined and they did it there. They went and they also looked at the relationship between how well cities milkshakes are ranked <laughs> and tried to come up with, is there a correlation between this is the same thing as the, the James Harden and the, the strip clubs. They looked up how good the milkshakes are in the city and how well Zion has performed in those cities. Their 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 conclusion. See that space. Their conclusion: there is a statistical significant positive relationship between Yelp rating and game score at the one percent level. Zion plays four percent better in games where there are cities where there are better milkshakes. I believe I may have fully uncovered the secret to unlocking his potential and strongly recommend taking out a second mortgage the next time Zion steps foot in the Bay Area. <laughs> they apparently have the best milkshakes in the Bay Area. So now my question. We talking about milkshakes like the drink or what are we talking here? I'm just... I'm just trying to figure out what kind of correlation we're doing. What kind of math are we doing? Are we talking about, <laughs> yeah. Hold on, wait, wait. Your second question, if it's not like a literal milkshake, is you're saying there are Yelp ratings for them? <laughs> well, I mean, there's got to be some kind of rating for them, right? Am I wrong? I guess nobody's doing it. There's got to be some kind of rating, bro. Like, is there's five star and there's one star. I thought the rating was the uh, I'm point. 
0.01% on OnlyFans. I thought that was not, isn't that the new ranking? Yeah, but everybody's 0.01% on OnlyFans pretty much, right? Like, isn't that how the, like, all the that descriptions doesn't make any sense. go? No, not at all. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, isn't that how, like, the, the descriptions go? Like, you just say you are, even though you're not? I don't know. I'm not a, not a only somebody who's an OnlyFans subscriber. Let us know in the comments how OnlyFans work. I'm, I'm, I'm good on that. Uh, what I would, what I do want to know is we can't pretend we don't know how it works because we both. No, no, I know how it works, but I don't know how the math on the like point one percent works. Okay, you know okay. What I mean? If you do statistical analysis at only, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hit us up. Let us know here at the Locked On Network. But what, what I'm trying to, so I guess now th- this is a bigger question than Zion because <laughs> which milkshakes we talking about here? Like we talking about the drink or are we talking about the other one? Because I can mean, check listen. the full formula about about all of it. Oh, they did well, on, on there's Reddit. there is a formula, my guy. I'll tell you <laughs> that much right now. If you add one part Zion and one part Mariah Mills, you get hey, yo. Zion Williamson and porn stars. This was, he was literally looking this this post was literally looking at actual like like milkshakes. But anyway. Has, there, did Zion say something about liking milkshakes? Is that what what brought this on? <laughs> Do you people have nothing to do? It's this is prime Reddit. Like this is what Reddit is made for. I don't know, man. Like, go find some milkshakes, dog. Stop doing. They found them all in all the NBA cities, and they found the Yelp ratings so, for them. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> if you're doing this math, you're clearly not not drinking milkshakes, my guy. If you're doing this kind of breakdown, you're not getting enough milkshakes in your life. This is where the story ends. <laughs> oh, all right. There you yeah, go. Let blessed. us know in the comment section. Which player do you want your team to trade for? Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA. Bye-bye. Boom.